I found that the biggest blocks that most people have to living their dreams and really self-actualizing is money. Money is so often used as an excuse for, oh, I can't do this and I have to pay the bills and I can't leave my corporate job and pursue my passions, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, but what about like the practical things I need to do with money? What about how do I save? How do I invest? How do I budget? How do I do all of that? In 2011, I launched a nine-week program called Money Magic, and I've now had over 1,800 people around the world do this program. And it's really a program to help you from a mental, emotional, physical, and practical, and spiritual perspective, completely shift your relationship with money so that you're in prosperity power in all aspects and so that you really create this incredible thriving relationship with money that empowers you to live the life of your dreams. Greetings, everybody. I'm glad, very glad to welcome you to our new series called Prosperity Power. I am Mary Monster, and we are here today with Donna McCullen, also known as the Fairy Godmother. In Prosperity Power, we're going to be exploring prosperity and creativity and financial freedom and all of these wonderful um topics with women, specifically speaking to women, birthers of new life. <laughs> so welcome here, Donna. Um, oh, it's really wonderful to be with you. <laughs> would, would you like to give a little background or some, some of who, who are you? Who am I? Who so I? yeah, my name is Donna McCallum. I am also known as the fairy godmother, and uh, which is quite a strange job description. But I've been um, fairy godmothering since 2005. And yeah, to give a, a kind of pricey of what I do, um, when I first started fairy godmothering, I was helping people get clear on their dreams and goals and vision for their lives or for their businesses and then how to make that happen. And the more I did that work, the more I found that the biggest blocks that most people have to living their dreams and really self-actualizing uh, is money. Uh, and money is so often used as an excuse for oh, I can't do this and I have to pay the bills and I can't leave my corporate job and pursue my passions, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so in 2010, I started traveling around South Africa and the UK um, doing workshops on money, really initially around um, shifting your disempowering money beliefs. And the more I was doing those workshops um, and seminars, the more people were coming to me and saying, 
okay, but what about like the practical things I need to do with money? You know, what about how do I save? How do I invest? How do I budget? How do I do all of that? Like lovely that I'm starting to shift my mental stuff around money. Um, And so in 2011, I launched uh, an online program called a nine-week program called Money Magic. And I've now had over 1,800 people around the world do this program. And it's really a program to help you from a mental, emotional, physical, and practical, and spiritual perspective, completely shift your relationship with money so that you're in prosperity power um, in all aspects. And so that you really create this incredible, thriving relationship with money that empowers you to live the life of your dreams. Wow, that's really fantastic. And now we're speaking to you from Elysios. And as you know, in case other people don't know, we're engaged in the non-decentralized reality of crypto environment and more decentralized governance and all these kinds of things, education. I know we're, we're very keen and interested and excited about you coming into Elysios as an educator as well. So Mm -hmm. I'm curious to know how, you how you translate and how you what you're thinking where you're thinking is at with regards to translating from the kind of centralized money world into the decentralized money world and particularly the rather chaotic um roller coaster ride of cryptocurrency yeah so for me i want to look at it as an evolution like for me, it's very evolutionary and money. If you consider that money is an energy, just like everything in the world is energy. And this is the way that I love to look at it and work with it in my own life. Um, and, and have taught my, my students to work with it. Um, one of the things to look at is how has the, the energy of money evolved just like how humans evolved and the energy of money and the energy of human, like, and human evolution is quite similar. They map each other a lot, which is really, really interesting. So if you consider that initially money was incredibly physical, um, you had your shells or you had your silver coins or you had your gold um, and you would actually have to carry it (laughs) across and then do your trades. So money was incredibly physical. And over time, as humans have evolved, money has then moved more and more onto the mental plane. Um, So it's become figures in your bank account um, that you now see on a piece of paper, which is mental. Um, Yes, that represents something physical, but it's a mental image or it's a mental representation of something that's physical. Um, And of course, as the internet has evolved, as technology has evolved, money and credit cards have evolved, money has become less and less physical and more and more mental, which completely maps how we've become gone into um, an idea generating, idea creating society more and more out of the physical, more and more into the mental. And so one of the fascinating things around crypto and one of the the ways that I'm looking at it is, is this part of money's evolution into heart chakra consciousness, spiritual consciousness, because I really believe that that's what's going on in the world at the moment. Um, There's a lot of 
you know, if, if you talk from a spiritual perspective and a chakra perspective, um, we've, we've been in root and then sacral and solar plexus times, and we're currently coming to a real tension holding of the solar plexus time where the issues are the old power structures that are uh, creaking and groaning. And so one of my deep fascinations around crypto and the evolution of money is, is money evolving into heart-centered, collaborative, kinder, gentler, that kind of energy? And is crypto, and I'm not sure if, the, if, if this is the answer, I'm watching it with deep fascination, um, and is crypto part of that? Yeah, you know, I think that here... From, from from where I'm standing, mm. it, it's important to make a distinction between crypto as it currently is and mm. the philosophy of mm. crypto, the, the governance structuring, the decentralized processing, you know. Mm. And, and I think from the decentralized point of view, it's very heart-centered. It's mm. very much like... Um, you know, you you and you take responsibility for your own stuff and you own your own stuff and, you know, like you, you don't have to go through all sorts of in-betweens in order to and lose a whole lot of your stuff or give your power away in yes. order to be able to use your power or access yeah. your power. So I think in that way it really is very evolved. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so for me it really is about... Uh, a move into sovereignty, um, a move into greater responsibility with money, and of course, with any new so-called, and I think we're also looking at a lot at crypto with old paradigm glasses, <laughs> because we're still in old paradigm and fiat currency stuff. We're looking at, oh, is it an asset class? Okay. And then how does it generate any income? Is it a store of value? Is it like gold? Is it like this? Is it, you know, and I'm again watching that with deep fascination. And I have a sense that in, you know, 10 years time or 20 years time, we'll look back at this time and say, wow, we really had no idea what it actually was, but it definitely brought in new systems thinking and change. The, like the, the pioneering aspect of it, the change aspect of it, the energy behind it, I think is indisputable now. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. <laughs> I, I like to think of the whole space as the, mm. the crypto space. The, I, I want to say blockchain all the time, but it's not just blockchain anymore. We're not on a blockchain. Elysios isn't on a blockchain. We're mm. on a different kind of network I don't even know what it's called because that's not my department but um, this decentralized reality I like to relate it to nature because it very much is like nature it's like the mycelium network right so fairy godmother I Mary Monster dragon of the metaverse of Elysios would like to invite you into the magical forest of creativity and ask you how is it that you find, in your experience of being a fairy, abundance, delightful? How do you create delightful abundance in your life? How do you make financial creativity 
delightful. Well, you've got to be, you know, how do you make anything delightful? Here's the question. How do you make anything delightful? You play with it. You have fun with it. You get into wonder and awe with it. You get into deep curiosity with it. You were talking about curiosity earlier, right? And fascination. So, you know, I think in our society and in our adult lives, money has got such a bad reputation for being serious, <laughs> boring, numbers, um, and particularly as women. And women are like the majority of my students and clients are women. Um, I have a few men who come onto my programs, but mainly women. And, you know, there are so many women have this like, oh, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm creative. I'm not good with numbers. I can't be good with money. And the basis is understanding, number one, most of us have been brought up in households where there were disempowering and negative beliefs around money. Your parents held them. Your grandparents held them. Um, and as a result, you are now living an adult life with disempowering money beliefs. And so most people don't ever engage in a curious, fascinated, learning, excited, childlike, wondrous relationship with money. In fact, I'm just about to put together a mini workshop about how to teach your kids about money and create this kind of wondrous, curious, fascinated relationship for your kids with money. Um, most people see money as this like necessary thing that I have to work for, get money, for, you know, have bills. It's boring. It's laborious. They don't want to learn about it. And so for me, how do you make abundance and money delightful? You get curious, you learn, you develop a relationship with it. Um, you grow with it. You learn what it likes. You learn what it dislikes. You work with it physically. You work with it spiritually. You work with it energetically. Like, Make it delightful. So, kind and that's of, what I teach my students how to do. It's kind of like making a garden. If if you were to see this garden now, yes, what would you? What? Where's the money? What, so here's the analogy. Here's the analogy of the garden. Right. Most people have, when they look at their money garden, it is this garden full of weeds, and it's overgrown, and it's like tangled up, and it's all intertwined and like they don't even want to go and sit in their garden <laughs> they'd like rather pretend that the garden doesn't exist full of so, sorry full of rocks and obstacles and difficult to get around and exactly and thorns and bushes and weeds and like oh my goodness I don't want to think about it I'd rather just stay stay in the house or not even venture out into the garden and so when I start teaching my, my students, I actually use this analogy and I say to them, the first thing, if you had a garden like this, but you wanted to create this wondrous, delightful, amazing, luxurious, prosperous garden, the first thing you'd have to do is you'd have to go in and start hacking through the bush and de-weeding, right? Like taking out those boulders, those rocks, okay? Figuring out where you want to place them ripping out the weeds and that's what I help my students do like start uncovering what their disempowering and negative money beliefs are and blocks are what the disempowering emotions are because it's not just mental stuff it's not just like oh I have to work hard for money or money doesn't grow on trees or money is the root of all evil it's not just that stuff it's also the emotional stuff like 
the guilt around money, the guilt around having when others don't have, um, shame that sits around money, um, fear and anxiety and stress that sits around money, envy and jealousy that sits around money, all the shadow stuff. So one of the fascinating things for me is how money has been one, as, as an energy force, has been one of my greatest teachers because the quickest way for me to see, be able to see and work with shadow has been in through the area of money and to see these emotions emerge and integrate them and transcend them. Um, yeah, just, it's such a profound teacher. If you can relate to money as a profound teacher, your whole life can shift. And money responds to that so beautifully because it would love to be a teacher in your life. I um, it loves being a teacher. I was having yeah. a conversation with a healer type person the other day and they were saying, you know, when your relationships with your family are out of balance, then you're likely to start having noticing that your money situations go out of balance too. You know, that this very close communication or reflection, reflection mm -hmm. between abundant flow of finance and happy flow of energy between people in your life, yeah. important people, people who, who mean a lot to you. Yeah. yeah. It's quite profound how yeah. is so clear and strong. And money weaves throughout your whole life. You know, people are like, oh, I don't have time to think about it. Oh, I don't have time to learn about it. And I, you know, I often say to people, there are two relationships that we have for our whole lives. Most relationships are transient, even with people that you think that you're committed to for life, right? It's still transient. There are two relationships we have our whole lives. The first is our relationship that we have with ourselves. And the second is our relationship that we have with money. And yet these two relationships are often the relationships that we spend the least time on. That's very profound. That's yeah. the first time I've heard that said. And it makes a lot of sense. You know, yeah. I thought you were going to say the second is the relationship you have with the world. But it's true. Yeah. It's yeah. true. Money is, is because how can you have a, a nice, happy relationship with the world in this reality without having a good relationship with money? Yeah. And so many people, you know, will say, well, money's not important and money, you know, ah, you know, it's not, it's not the be all and end all. It's not, it threads through everything. And one of my students used a beautiful analogy recently. She said to me, you know, you can, you, you can, if you're in London, you can walk everywhere if you want to, but you can also get a tube map, learn the tube, right? And once you've got the tube map, you can go down into an underground station and get there quicker, faster, and use the tube. You don't have to. You can choose when you want to walk and you can choose when you want to use the tube, but knowing how the tube works and knowing the map makes things quicker, faster, easier if you want, if and when you want that. And it's exactly the same with money. Like get the tube map, learn how the tube map works. And once you do, it's easy, right? And this is one of the things that I, so many women come to me with and they say, oh, but money stuff is hard and I don't get it and I don't learn it. And so in my programs, I really make it simple, easy, light, delightful. Um, you know, like how do you make saving delightful? How do you make budgeting delightful? How do you make your interactions with money fun and enjoyable? How do you make investing 
not so scary and huge and oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I've got two two things going through my mind as we're sitting here talking. Mm. And the one is I keep hearing a whole lot of people in the world saying, yeah, but cryptocurrency isn't money. Why are you talking about money on a show that's supposed to be talking also about, <laughs> you know, so so that's something I'm interested to unpack with you about and and what your feelings are and where you've come to in your investigations and the second bit is very much related to your investigations how you're doing with the tube map of the crypto environment how's i'm a complete newbie when it comes to crypto um, so let, let me put that in as caveats, caveats. I'm a real newbie and a novice. So if there are any professions out there, I'm not pretending to be professional or learned or knowledgeable in this area at all. Um, my first introduction to crypto came in 2012 um, when your, your Mr. Big Nose actually said to me, there's this thing called Bitcoin. And if you, you know, you're teaching about money, you've got to know about it. <laughs> and, you know, he shared with me, and I think at the time it was $25 and he shared a bit about it with me. And it just sounded outlandish to me at the time, you know, and he was talking about, and it was like maybe money laundering and this and that and why. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> this sounds weird. This sounds crazy. That's it. Um, no, 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 no. Um, and then, you know, over the years, until last year, I've been watching it. I've been listening about it. Uh, probably my interest peaked a little more in 2014 and 2015. Uh, definitely in that crazy ride, I think it was in 2017, when there was that big market spike. Um, I started listening to a lot of uh, some podcasts about it, hearing about it. Um, and I was still incredibly skeptical because a lot of my money teaching and my money systems and my own personal investments, et cetera, are in property, stock markets, um, just traditional instruments. And I'm incredibly conservative. I'm not a get rich quick girl. That's not how I teach. That's not what I believe in. Um, I really believe in a long, stable, nourishing, nurturing, thriving, emotionally stable relationship with money. And so for me, certainly as an investor in crypto, I wasn't at all interested until last year because I was concerned that it would take my emotional stability around money out of whack. That is such um, a thing. I can totally relate to that as well since we've been – I've been working more in the crypto environment because of Elysios. Um, you've got to be so careful that you don't go on an emotional roller coaster when you have got money in the crypto environment currently. Yeah. Oh, and ours is very stable. It's just staying right there in its its pool, its puddle. We're doing good. <laughs> it's not roller coastering at all. But yeah, yeah. For, and I've got to say that I also teach. And I know the power of emotional stability in creating long-term wealth. Like actually in your relationship with money, the more emotionally stable you can be, the more prosperous, thriving, abundant you can be. And the more attractive you are to money, like as an energy source. 
So there are certainly people that have been playing in the crypto space who have been able to handle the volatility and stay emotionally stable. Brilliant. I was concerned I wasn't going to be able to do that. So I didn't want to play in the space. Um, in 2021, I'm inherently a pioneer and I have been my whole life. I've done pioneering things. You know, I ran my first online program in 2009 which was kind of years ahead of anyone else doing online programs. I had to explain to people what webinars were. <laughs> you were like, what? It's an online program. And so I've always been inherently pioneering. And so suddenly in 2021, I had this big realization of like, oh my goodness, my pioneering energy hasn't been fed for ages. Um, in the last two years, I've become a mom. And so, you know, I feel like that's where my energy's gone. It's yeah, my my energy's gone there. And, um, but I thought, wow, let me actually start re like, actually let me start putting money into crypto so that I can feel the pioneering energy. So it was less about as an investment class, it was less, it, and it was also because I wanted to learn about it. And I know that if I've got money and skin in the game, I will be way more serious about learning about it than I will be you know, occasionally listening to a podcast, thinking about it, etc. So since June, July, 2021, uh, I have been buying crypto um, on normal exchanges um, and just watching, listening, having conversations. It's how I ended up getting into this Elysios conversation with you, starting to now call on my network of people who I know are in the crypto space, interested, listening, 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 asking questions. Um, and I think that that curiosity, wonder, interest is the way to be in this space. Um, I know that there are a lot of people in this space who are in a get rich quick, this is the way to make gajillions fast mentality. Wonderful if that's working for them. Uh, that's not where I'm at in this space at all. Yeah, I, I agree with that as well. The, the one thing I do like about the space is that people tend to also have fun. There seems to be quite a bit of playfulness, which is also where the pseudonymity thing came from. <laughs> <laughs> We're kind of going next level with it um, by, by bringing in masks and making ourselves visible while being invisible. But... Uh, and in that way, also, we're in Elysios, we're wanting to really make grounded, real life changes with the crypto philosophies and the crypto freedoms and the crypto, mm -hmm. you know, the all of this decentralized stuff. So I think, you know, but there's not a lot of that happening out there yet at the moment. No. Wild, wild west. It, at the moment, it is the Wild West, and at the moment, it is the Wild West of Get Rich Quick, and it's the gold rush, and which new coin is the next gold, where's the diamonds, where's that? It's one of the reasons why I was a little bit skeptical of it. In 1999, I was in San Francisco during the internet um, gold rush. Um, I, uh, I was part of a startup team for an internet company there, and I saw firsthand being in the center of that web gold rush with dot coms booming up, springing up. 
incredible amounts of investment, incredible amounts of ideas. Um, and it was crazy land. I mean, we raised two and a half million dollars like this out of nowhere. We lost two and a half million dollars. We didn't know what we were doing. Um, it was vaporware. Um, they, you know, there were loads of people making money, loads of people losing money. <laughs> it was just like crazy times. Um, and so that was also one of the reasons why I was a little bit like, oh, what is this crypto space? I've lived through one of these things before, like being deep in it. And hold on, this looks a very wild westish to me. Um, and what is fascinating for me is exactly what you've said. The philosophy what is the evolutionary energy that's driving this? The sovereignty is incredibly interesting to me. The decentralized nature of it's incredibly interesting to me. I've always been a non-conventional liver of life. The way I've lived my life has always been non-conventional. So fascinating for me to move away from centralized banking, centralized government, like government control, all of that stuff. And I really do, um, my high, one of my highest values is freedom. So crypto and, and this technology is really speaking into that for me. Community, collaboration, building collectively. Yeah, yeah. Something that I've been really, really exploring as well in um, my inquiry into crypto, but more than crypto, it's also a spiritual growth process that I'm in at the moment. And perhaps you've got some some fairy fairy dust that you can bring in from your experience of of money things, um, which of course is what we're talking about. Because crypto mm -hmm. is also money things. Everybody, crypto is also money things. <laughs> you know, um, is this. When I'm walking in my highest purpose, when I am on my true path and I'm in balanced relationship with myself and with the reflection of myself all around me, then I should be able to trust my intuition. And so putting my money here or there or in, in the crypto world, if you are um, engaging in you know, staking money here to grow it and lending money here so that you can get returns and, you know, all of this kind of stuff. If you're doing that kind of degenerate stuff a little bit, which I've been doing a wee bit with Mr. Big Nose, Maestro, my beloved Big Nose, then, um, you know, I find, and this is also what I like about the prosperity power idea, this um, talking to women, I find that if I ask my body, if I ask my room rather than my mind, then I often get more accurate answers than the others who are asking their minds. So mm -hmm. about where to put my money and how to flow with it and how much and all this kind of thing, you know, like mm -hmm. because it's in flow with the truth of my life destiny, if you like. It's It's got mm -hmm. nothing to do with anything that the rest of the market is is playing with you know like I've, mm -hmm. I've had more than one experience where my money is over here and everything else crashes and my money keeps growing and <laughs> you know and it's fabulous and and then I I've, I need I need some money so I take a whole bunch out and then the next day everything crashes and so you know or I've got some money so I put a bunch in and then everything goes up and so it grows mm -hmm. three times and so it's um, 
yeah, how do you translate that kind of working with intuition, working with what we could call womb power, if you like, um, creative, imaginative womb power, um, mm. rather than logical, thought-based, statistical, reality-based type of um, with with money, with investing, with growing your money, with growing your finance, with growing your abundance, yeah. Yeah. I certainly think it's the one thing that women can bring into the world of money, um, this beautiful intuitive sense. Um, I think it's one of the reasons why women haven't necessarily been excited about getting into the world of money, um, like as a rule, because it is so masculine, linear, logical, rational, wah, et cetera. Um, I love your description of really feeling in and you also caveated with saying that when you're balanced when you're aligned when you're in your so you've done a whole lot of work to come into alignment first and then from that place you're manifesting and creating abundance and you know this is the other line of work that I teach around dreams and goals and manifestation and abundance which is all about alignment like when you're aligned it like body, mind, soul, then then things will work. <laughs> That's the nature of them, not just financially and money, but opportunities will come to you and work will be working for you and relationships are in balance for you. Um, and so the foundation is well-being of body, mind, and soul, and then alignment of all three. Um, and what you're describing sounds to me like that. It's like you're really doing the work to be in alignment. I'll often call it the kind of the spiritual aspect of your connection to, to money. Um, and you're doing the work to be in alignment. And then as a result, things are just flowing abundantly. Beautiful. Amazing. Yeah. I had this experience actually last night when I was asking my body about how much I should, uh, of my, my kind of monthly income I should mm. put into, uh, phantom which is then it's easy for me to take it out and I can use it for for the month ahead and my body said 60% of what I need and I was like okay but why only that much why you know why why are you doing this to me my body said because you're still learning how to trust Mm. that you always have what you need and You've been seeing over the last short period of time again that when there's a, a low incoming in your income, when your, your bank account is getting empty and you, you know you've got something to pay next week, then somebody's going to call you up and say, I need to, you to do some work for me and I want to pay you what you want. So, you know, and this has been, um, I think that it really is such a big part of it. Um, and perhaps even that's what's going on in the wild west of crypto currently is mm-hmm. that people haven't actually found their own seats in the world. They haven't actually found their own purpose and calling. It's, you know, like if I try to sit in your seat, mm-hmm. then the world is not going to be a better place. But if I sit in my seat, then the world will mm-hmm. definitely become a better place. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. And money is an amazing amplifier. <laughs> It's amplified, like money, you know, so many people perceive it negatively, but it's actually a neutral energy. It just takes on the characteristics of whatever and values 
of whatever person or organization it flows through. And I'm not sure if that's true of, you know, whatever crypto it flows through too. I don't know. I haven't extrapolated it out that far. But certainly in my experience, it, it takes on the characteristics and value as it flows through into the inflow and the outflow, it takes on the characteristics. So many people will look at big corporations and say, oh, they're evil and they're nasty and they're terrible, et cetera. But if you watch the money flow, it really takes on the characteristic of that organization and then one of the, and then, and, and the values. And you'll see that coming out of the money flow. Um, but the interesting thing about money is that it is an amplifier. So whatever it flows through gets amplified. Um, and it's very similar to what you're describing here. Like, because you are aligned, balanced, learning to trust, it's flowing through that. And that's what you're receiving as the, like, that's the internal world and landscape it's flowing through. And then as an external um, experience, you're having this, feeling of abundance or this feeling of like, wow, look, I'm really learning to trust. This is amazing. There may be other people whose, whose characteristics and values are not that. And they're having a completely different experience. That can also hold true. Yeah, that's so true. And, you know, I think, in, yes, in both the fiat world and in the crypto world, that's the case. I think that perhaps money is the greatest teacher of trust. It, it, it is. And I have, you know, one of the tools that I teach my students are called affirmations. They're really amazing um, questions that you hold. And um, they're not affirmations, they're affirmations. It's, it, it's holding a question because your neural pathways and your, and your mind works completely differently with a question than with a statement. With a statement, there's always a true or false answer. Your mind is thinking true or false. But with a question, it opens up possibility thinking. And so I teach my students. Uh, this, it wasn't created by me. It was created by an amazing man called Noah St. John. This technique called affirmations. And it's a question that starts with a why. And one of my favorite affirmations that I use all the time in my own money life is, why do I have such faith and trust in my relationship with money? And that really speaks to me, to your um, description of like, wow, I'm learning trust. And your womb's wisdom of like, wow, you're, this is why you're doing it. You're learning trust. So, yeah, why do I have a relationship of such ease and trust with money? That's such an amazing wee tool there, right there, just the, to use a question rather than an answer. Mm. The golden and if you, if you hold the question, here's a beautiful, like, mind-blowing thing for me. When you hold powerful questions, your life becomes the living answer to that question. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> that should be on a T-shirt. Yes, and most, yes. most people are holding very disempowering questions. Yeah, that's the yeah. truth, especially around money. Yeah, Yeah. why am I always broke? Why can't I seem to, or like, why can't I seem to get out of debt? Why, why are prices always going up? Why am I not making it through? Why can't I seem to save? Why are things so expensive? Like those are the why questions most people are asking around money, not why am I in such a great relationship with money? Why do I feel abundance? Why am I excited to learn about money and how to make it work for me? So do you find that even if you are faking it till you make it, if you 
if you make good questions, then the, the answers start to manifest all around you as good answers as well. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. That's, you've got it spot on. So that's the technique. And it's not about faking it until you're making it. It's just about holding the question. The question is, and, it's a, and that's one of the reasons why it's not a how question. Because if you ask a how question, your mind starts to go into logic and rationality of how I can make it this way or why it's not like this. It's a why question because it really opens up possibility. Oh, that's fantastic technology. Thank you so much for sharing that. Pleasure. (laughs) Pleasure, pleasure. And I mean, I have seen students triple their incomes like within a few months of using it. And it's, it's pretty much like an affirmation. You would say it out loud. I have them on my phone. They pop up as reminders. Um, And I've got six or seven that I work with and they just pop up, you know, like, why am I having such fun in the crypto space? Why am I having such fun and making such great returns in the crypto space? Like you can, you can play with it in any area you like. And of course that, yes, it translates to all of your relationships. Why am I getting on with people so well? Why am I not keeping people instead? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. You can use it in any area of your life. Um, Yeah. It's really, really, really powerful. Oh, that's really fantastic. And I think that we're we're coming close to the end of, of chat time. How are you doing? Is there anything that you want to... Well, I want to find out a bit more about this anonymity mask wearing. I mean, I've been looking at you wearing a mask and kind of having a chat with a monster, which has been quite an experience and very delightful <laughs> because you're a very kind of tame monster. I'm very waiting for you monster. in some second to go like... Um, very tall monster who keeps forgetting her accent behind as well (laughs) (laughs) what is the merry monster accent Uh, well there's five heads actually so this one sounds a little bit like this i suppose (laughs) (laughs) and so it's called orchid Orchid. i am orchid welcome glad to meet you i'm orchid i'm inside with the winds and the the petals of life yes And so what's the idea in Elysios around the anonymity and? You know, we actually did an I Ching reading around whether we should become pseudonymous or not at the beginning of this whole adventure that we're on now. And the I Ching said very, very, very strongly and clearly, yes, be pseudonymous, definitely go for it. And our reason for asking was because we don't want to be known as the people who built Elysios once it's running. We're building it to be like a permaculture garden, which grows on its own. You know, that's that's the whole point. We're setting up a platform and an environment. And our vision is that maybe it'll take 10 years, but when we get there, everybody will have their place. And we'll have our places, and our places aren't to be the builders. Our places are in other things, you know. So we want to be able to be in our places, independent of the title builder of Elysios or the the light that shines there. We want to be free in the world. We want to be able to walk around and people to say, oh, hello, how are you? I won't say my real name. I'm <laughs> doing, you know, like. Yeah. And I loved, I loved listening to you sing last night. It was fantastic. Thank you so much. And, you know, that kind of thing. We want to be free. Um, <laughs> And then also, 
we quite like the playfulness of it. You know, in the crypto world, in the, the decentralized reality, then a lot of people are pseudonymous. And mm. one of the things that we're moving towards and we're quite excited and inspired by is this potential of being part of creating and co-creating the metaverse and mm. creating our own avatars in the metaverse. Kind of just like those why questions, create the avatar of exactly what you'd like to be. Mm. You know, what does it look like? What does it sound like? What does it wear? What can it do? What are its magical functions? You know, so mm. also playing with that. Yeah. And do you think that the the cryptoverse is pseudonymous because Bitcoin was created by Satoshi and that was all anonymous? Is that, is that where it stems from? I think that he set a tone for sure. And I also think that people are nervous about money stuff. They don't necessarily want to be seen to be, you know, a lot of people in the crypto environment kind of appear to be playing with money, throwing it around, you know, like uh, not, not taking a great amount of care. Um, and, and that's not thought of to be a good way of dealing with money. <laughs> so I think yeah that's one of the reasons why I've been a little skeptical was because like oh hold on this is what like there are a lot of cowboys out there there are a lot of you know what is scam what is real what is like what yes and I think also there's the fears of being robbed for example and the fears <laughs> of if they know who I am then they're going to know where I live too you know all of that stuff the the huge movement of the crypto reality has brought into play decentralized structuring as a real possibility for shaping and reshaping our whole society. And yeah. that stands on the thing of like choosing to be pseudonymous if you want to be. Having nobody know where you live, nobody know what you actually do, you know, like nobody looking into your life and with your community and your family and your, your wherever you are, um, mm. being able to make your choices free from, free from being watched, I suppose. Yeah. Way. Prying eyes. Yeah. So that's where it comes from. And then we decided to make masks because there are people who are very skeptical and they're like, well, who's this team you want us to invest with? How am I supposed to, why should I trust you guys if you're not letting us see who you are? You know? So we said, mm. okay, we'll let you see who we are. <laughs> We're a creative, playful bunch of folk who want to make a difference in the world. And we see the potential for this. We see the crypto environment, like the forest with the mycelium network, being the decentralized thought structuring process that feeds every tree exactly what it needs when it needs to be fed. So we want to help to make that happen and bring it inside the education system and bring it inside trade and commerce and all of the things that we're doing. Yeah. So that's why. Beautiful. I'm fascinated to watch your journey. I'm really fascinated to see the trade aspects start to come to life for you. Um, and for all of us in Elysios, I'm very excited to be putting my courses on your on your platform to see also that coming. You know, just yeah, how great to be have whole new worlds to play in. Delightful.
Indeed. Maybe next time we have a chat and we meet in the garden and you put on your fairy wings and your Exactly. 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 You know, I mean it's so it's so fascinating you with your mask because for many years I did everything I did, I did with my fairy wings. And then um maybe two or three years ago I dropped my wings. It was just like this, you know, just it just happened. Just felt like, oh, they're gone. Um yeah, so always, always interesting to see where the archetypes or pseudonymous or place, yeah, like how it all evolves. I also, I've been making a parallel um, over this time of engaging within this environment, saying that this is the wisdom of the child. This is wonder wisdom coming in to teach adults about money and mm-hmm. about uh, flow of energy and good relationship with self. <laughs> so I think the more people that dress up and, and have fun with um, this, this uh, dialogue that we're having about uh, sovereignty and being who you want to be and who you are, in fact, all of the different faces of who you are without hiding anything. Um, it's fabulous. You know, the taking on sovereignty, um, not sovereignty, pseudonymity, also, in many ways, it can allow one to be more sovereign because people tend to think that you're playing or acting or something like that when you put on a mask. So mm. you can get away with anything. Mm. You really can. You, can. you can do magic and people won't blink an eye. They'll think, oh, it's part of the show. Great. <laughs> you know, it's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, I know that. Certainly from wearing fairy wings. And for me, it was also very clear to, from wearing fairy wings who wanted to play and who didn't. So that was one of the great advantages for me when I started the journey of being a fairy godmother and I would wear wings and some people would go like, oh my gosh, I can't take you. You wear wings and you teach about money. I can't take you seriously. Sorry. (laughs) And leave. And other people go like, oh my gosh, I so want to learn about money or I so want to do dreams and goals stuff with a fairy godmother. Yes. So like my tribe, my people were like, self-selected through uh, through the wings. Oh, that's fantastic. And, and there we come round again to personal growth and, and surrounding yourself with, with resonant frequencies. Mm. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so, so much for your time this morning. <laughs> it's been really wonderful to chat with you and meet you more. And I really hope you come back again and look forward to that. And, yeah. Yeah, I've loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Thank you, Mary Monster, for having me. And um, big wand waves and sprinkles of fairy dust and blessings uh, for Elysios and all that you are creating. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We'll take all of that fairy dust and scatter it around the team, scatter it around everywhere. Thank you. And if you would like to know people, if you'd like to come closer to the, the fairy godmother, Donna McCallum, then you'll find her link to her website in the description below this. And do get in touch with this wise woman. Let her fly into your lounge and teach you some good stuff. Thank you. Lots and lots of love. See you next time. <laughs>